0: This, this is, is the Devils State of Mind podcast, podcast. brought to brought you by to the, you hockey, by the podcast hockey Podcast Network. Now, now, here's your host, host Neil Villapiano. What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your boy Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys, as always, are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to these podcast episodes. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. We don't have a ton to get to here on this edition of Devil's State of Mind podcast, but as we always do, we have a bunch to talk about. The main thing we're going to talk about today is we're just going to recap the last two games, the Devils games against the Ottawa Senators on Monday, and then the Devils game against the Montreal Canadiens on Tuesday. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to. As I, I know it's just so counterintuitive since I just said we don't have a lot. But we do have some things to talk about here, as we always do on the Devils State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get Rolling. So let's kick things off with recapping the game against the Ottawa Senators. So the Devils and Senators both coming in first game since the All-Star break. And for the Devils, it would be the first of three games that uh we will be without Jack Hughes. And, and yeah, it's, it's very frustrating, as I mentioned in the previous episode, that Jack Hughes just went out and had a tremendous all-star weekend. He did so well at the skills competition. He did a he really represented the Devils well and probably oh you know, he probably should have been a higher consideration for All-Star Game MVP, but he did a great job nonetheless. And then he comes back to practice the next day. He's practicing with the team. And then the 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 training staff takes him off the ice and tells him that he is tested positive for COVID-19. And so as long as he's asymptomatic, he'll be out. Um the next couple, the next three games. So it sucks. So really, again, to kind of give you guys an idea, the most likely game, um, if everything goes well, the most likely game that Jackie's would be back would be this upcoming Sunday at one thirty when the devils are back home to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there is, um, there is that. I should also mention that uh, the devils have three game. Their next three games are St. Louis on Thursday, then on Sunday against Pittsburgh and then next Tuesday, uh, at home against Tampa. And then they have what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They, they don't play again for another nine days, the 24th, when they're in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins and then play Chicago the next night. So, kind of an interesting situation that, after, you know, by this time next week, we, we won't have a game for over a week, which is kind of a crazy thing. Um, but maybe it'll be a good thing for the Devils. Maybe there will be a lot. I think it, it will be good because it may allow the Devils to kind of really evaluate a whole lot of things and kind of go from there um, and then just kind of see where it is, because let's face it, guys, we have to be realistic that the Devils are pretty much not going to the playoffs. And the only thing that we could hope for in a funny way is that this team continue to win games and the reason that i say that is because quite frankly and i've spoken to a lot of devils fans we are no longer at the point where we care about this team tanking to get a higher draft pick we are at the point where we would prefer to just this team trade several of the draft picks in order to get nhl level talent for right now because i think when you have because i think when you look at this entire organization and you look at the amount of talent we have in the system we do have guys that are going to be really 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 good nhl players the problem is, is that we, A, don't, won't have enough spots for everybody and B, we need to start getting talent now. That's going to help us win now. Because again, this was supposed to be a season in which the Devils were having meaningful games this time of the year, especially at the trade deadline. But now we're in a completely different situation that I think a lot of us probably didn't expect for things to be this bad. But <clears throat> here we are. Anyway, and I think that the best thing this Devils team could do, this organization can do, is to try to, whether it be at the deadline or you know definitely in the offseason, to try to start acquiring top-level talent that's going to get us over the hump now because we need it. And the organization needs to at least show that it's trying to turn this team around because after a lot of things we've gone through this year and the season that isn't even over yet, um, a lot of our belief in the organization is at a pretty all-time low, I would say, but let's get back to the game. So the Devils were in Ottawa for the first time in a couple of years, as they've been with most of these teams, heading to Ottawa to take on the Senators, both teams, their first game back since the All-Star break, and You know, I I actually ended up doing a live watch along for this game. So I had a great time doing that because I'm happy to announce that on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel, we reached over a thousand subscribers. So I mentioned it before on the YouTube channel, but I'll mention it here. Thank you to everybody, even on here, that supports not only the Devil State of Mind podcast, but the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. I really do appreciate it 100%. We all appreciate 100%, and we love interacting with you guys, both on podcasts and also on YouTube. It means a lot to us, and uh, we, we just appreciate it 100%. But yeah, I ended up doing a live watch along for this one, and I'm going to be very, very honest with you guys. I had no expectations going into this game. I have gotten to the point where... I don't think about oh the, you know I would like to see the Devils win. Of course, I want to see them win. That's that goes without saying. But you would rather this team at least show that it's being competitive. You don't want to do what you just did last week when you were at home, when you played back to back against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, you had a two goal lead in the third period, blew that, lost by two goals. The very next night, you lose seven to one. So I mean, you you, you embarrassed yourself like I mentioned in more ways than one in the span of two games. So all I was hoping for going into this was that just don't embarrass yourself. Don't go out there and, you know, really, really make it, make it look like you're not trying. And especially when you're taking on a team that's only three points behind you in the standings, you really don't want to put yourself in a position where a team lower than you that although has dealt with injuries is probably in a better position than we are you don't, you, you just don't want to do it. I mean, the senators have not had a good year to say the least. Um, and again, you're also playing with no fans. So I feel like that could be an advantage more to the devils because they don't have to deal with the crowd. But in this game overall, that just wasn't the case. Um, uh, The first thing of note is that Nico Dawes got the start. And again, <clears throat> I said it during the live watch long and I'll say it here that I don't feel as confident in Nico Dawes now than I did when he first came into the league. And that has really nothing to do with him. It has primarily to do with the fact that this team is a lot worse since the last time he was here. And this team is a lot more deflated than he, than when he was here the first time. And I'm sure, I'm really sure that if that he watched Akira Schmid have the issues that he was having when he was up here and was probably thinking to himself, although yes, you want to play in the NHL, you know, you got a good thing going in Utica, and you want to take advantage of that. And I will definitely say that once we get towards the end of the NHL season, that both Schmidt and Dawes will be down there. I don't know if the Devils will be looking to try to get somebody as a veteran guy to kind of help out. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Um, but that's just that's the way that I look at it. But I felt bad for Dawes coming into this situation because he's coming in with the defense not giving him a lot of support. The goal scoring has just not been there, and uh, he's put in a very very tough spot. Um, for the most part, but obviously we're all cheering for him because he showed a lot of promise the first time he came up here and, uh, you know, he's going to continue to show promise. And he's one of those guys that we're counting on to be one of those franchise goalies that we were still searching for. I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, insulting to Mackenzie Blackwood, but the book is still out on him. We really don't know if he's the long-term solution. Anyway, back to the game. So the Devils got off to a good start. They scored on the power play, made it one nothing. Niko scoring, which is big, and you you felt good because, I'm, I'll, I'll say this, first of all, I'm happy that the power play has been a lot better these last couple of months than it was earlier in the season, so really a lot of us are not are not cracking on Mark Reckie, although with the lack of goal scoring we're getting in general, I think there still is cause to, well not cause to concern, there still is plenty of a reason to call him out. But uh, the Devils didn't have that lead long as uh, Nick Paul scored to tie it up. It was one-to-one after the first period. And then the Devils ended up giving up two goals in the span of, I would say, what was it? Like, yeah, nine seconds. Um, Holden scored to give the Senators a two-to-one lead. It came on a screen in front. It was a good goal. And then right off the face-off after that goal, Gaudet gets the puck right in the slot. Nobody's guarding him as per usual. And the Senators score to make it. Three to one. And then you go into the third, and the Devils did give up another goal. Connor Brown, who had just returned from injury, had an assist already in that game, scores a goal here, makes it four to one. And that was pretty much all she wrote as the Devils fell to the Senators in Ottawa by the score of four to one. And, you know, again, I will just prove the same thing that I've proven over the time the Devils finished out shooting the Senators 33 to 24. And that just proves that. It wasn't about the Devils couldn't get shots on goal. It was that a lot of their shots really were meaningless. Like they weren't really like grade A opportunities that were going to make it tough on the goaltender. It was more just easy shots, just getting shots on goal. And the senators, they just, when they got the opportunities to score, they cashed in. And the Devils defense at least twice just left guys all alone to score. I mean, they, they didn't really put up much of a fight in this one. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. When it was three to one, I knew the Devils were losing this game. It just, you you could just see on the bench, you could see the way the players are reacting that this team is deflated. I mean, you have to call it like it is. This team is super deflated. They don't have a lot of motivation. They don't have a lot of enthusiasm and you're trying to find something, anything basically to try to get, to try to get yourself pumped up for these games because you're at the point in the season where you're not going to make the playoffs and you got, you got maybe one or two guys that may be on the, you know on the block when it comes to bin- getting traded and especially when you're on a team that is rebuilding um and you're a veteran there's a more likely situation where you are probably going to be moved at the deadline um the devils don't have as many as they've had in years past but they still have some pieces that they could probably move um i would prefer that they not move them to just get draft capital because all that does is it just continues to take away opportunities to get nhl quality talent um but I mean, if you want to get something for PK Subban, you know, it is what it is. If you want to put them, you know, I, I don't know. I really, really honestly don't know. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have any, I wasn't angry. I wasn't pissed off. I've just become somewhat numb to a lot of what's going on with the team because I think when you look at the first 40 plus games of the season and we started off the year so well and now we're not. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, the devils have won nine of their last 36 games after starting the season seven, three and two. And this is just another season where we just expected this, where we were hoping that the team would be better, but we ended up just being in relatively the same place that we were before. Um, and with the loss, the loss actually give us now a seven game losing streak and I'll be very straight with you. I really, really, you know, before we played against Montreal, I was saying to myself, there's a very good chance we're going to lose this game. And if we lose to Montreal, think about the next three games we play. St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Tampa, all teams, very good and in playoff positions. You know, they have a lot more to play for than we do. Do, You know, do you feel confident going into those games? No. And I think that that was definitely, that had to have been on the mindset of this Devils team, that if they don't win that game against Montreal, they're staring at the very likely possibility that by the time you reach the 16th, you're on an 11-game losing streak. That was really the thought that I, that was really the feeling that I had after, you know, after the game on Monday, and then even into the next day on Tuesday. And, I mean, it was tough for me to get into watching this game. I mean, I wasn't even really active on social media. That is how difficult it has been because I try to be fair with you guys because I know there are people out there that don't want to hear me constantly be negative and say a lot of the same things that I've said before um, so I try to be fair in sometimes just not being active on social to just not say anything especially if it's not majorly important obviously when we get to the deadline and things like that then you know there will be important things to talk about especially if the devils make any moves but, Right now, what is there exactly to talk about? Not a whole lot. So I'm doing game recaps and, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, come up with things, talk to you guys, give give my opinion and kind of go from there. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York meaning you could bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. So if you want to spend a little bit of money on Joe Burrow or if you think Matty Matty Stafford will finally get his first Super Bowl ring, you could do that here with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age, and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibitive. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 Hope and why or text hope and why to 467 369 but let's shift over to the game against Montreal and again like i said my expectations were very very low and i was sitting there and you looked at it canadians coming in with eight wins all season long and i saw a lot of people on devil's twitter say straight up that this is if the devils lose tonight i mean it's that would be about as low as you could possibly go because you're facing them against Canadians team for that is in dead last, most likely will be in dead last when the season is over. And um, you know, they, they're really, really, you know, going downhill. And you wonder to yourself, if the devils lose, where does what does that put the devils at? Like, where are we at? Um, but the devils came out in this game and came out with a mission. They came out with a mission that they were not going to be embarrassed, they were not going to lose, and that they were going to get off this losing streak and they were going to get themselves, you know, at least some little bit of confidence. The first thing I'll say, though, is uh, I wanted to send a shout out to P.K. Subban because in this game against Montreal, kind of ironic in a way, um, he was skating in his 800th career National Hockey League game. So he got to celebrate that playing in the arena that he played in for so many years when he first started off with Montreal. So congratulations to PK Subban on reaching 800 career games. That's an incredible milestone. You feel kind of honored, especially, you know, with him being on the devils that that's, that that's that. So I wanted to congratulate him. We congratulate him on social media. Interestingly enough, he actually, he actually reshared my story uh, that I had for him that congratulated him. So I think that was kind of cool. the other thing about PK that I was interesting is that Mike Morial, who we've had on the podcast before, he actually asked PK Subet a couple of questions about the trade deadline and you know his time here in New Jersey. Because I think that there is a, a possibility that even though he, he still has a lot of money on the contract, I think it, it, it only costs half of the money he's making because it's towards the end of the year. But there is a possibility that he could very well be moved. Um, what the devils could get for him, probably very little considering his body of work the last couple of years and his age and things like that and yada, yada, yada. Um, but PK Subban said he understood, he understood it's a business. He knows that at this time of the year, especially with somebody like him and his position that he could very well be moved. He says that he's very much, uh, enjoyed his time in New Jersey, um, He really likes Tom Pichot. He loves how direct he is and honest he is with him. He talked about, you know, Lindy Roth. I mean, he said all the things that you would expect him to say. You know, he's not going to say anything negative. That's just not who P.K. Subban uh, is. Um, But I think Mike Morial asked that because I think that there is a very, very good chance that he gets moved. And it'll definitely be somebody we watch for when we get to uh, the deadline, when we get closer. Because, uh, again, like I said, I doubt the Devils make any sort of moves prior to the deadline. I would expect once we get to the day of the trade deadline is when they would make some form of move. But maybe they won't. Who knows? I really could not tell you what the Devils are going to do. But I just wanted to mention those two little tidbits before this game. The Devils went with John Gillies, um, who was looking for literally just his second win of the season, going up against Caden Primo, who was... Doing the exact same thing. I mean, this was a battle of basement teams. This was a battle of teams that really, honestly, have had very, very disappointing seasons in one way or another, and uh, they're both just playing more for pride. And I will say this, when you're playing on teams that are towards the bottom of the NHL, you're fighting for jobs every day. You're fighting for not only a job maybe with this, the team you're on, but maybe potentially for other teams that might have interest in you. You're trying to go out there and do the best you can, even in these tough circumstances. But the devils came out, like I said, they came out with a mission that they were gonna do, they were gonna have a much better performance than not only did they not only did they have in the game against Ottawa, but the last several games, the last several games, and the devils started off super, super well. Michael McLeod getting himself a goal and just his second game back from injury, which was big time. Dawson Mercer. Who broke a 15-game goal goalless streak? Scored his 10th goal of the year to make it two to nothing, and that's where things were at the end of one. And I will say this: that Jesper Boquist, you know, there, he's obviously had different types of expectations since he got in the league, and he's trying to become an NHL regular and get time. He is making the most of the opportunity that he has right now. He's gotten himself a couple goals, a couple points. Like he's really been contributing to the best that he can with the situation that we're in. So Boquist is definitely giving himself an opportunity to be considered long-term as somebody that we can rely on. But, you know, only time will tell as to how the organization feels about him. Ty Smith even got a point on that, which was good, which was very, very good. And you like to see it. Uh, but the Canadians got, uh, got the second period off, you know, about six minutes in. Kulak scored his second goal of the year. And I'll be very straight with you guys that when it was two to one, and I can't be the only one that thought this, my, f- my immediate feeling was that the Devils were probably going to allow the Canadians to come back and tie it um, because we've just seen it all year long. And, you know, with the way the season has gone, uh, you, you know, you expect the bad things to happen. But fortunately, it didn't, that didn't end up being the case because less than four minutes later, on a opportunity two on one. Devils caught the Canadians in a line change. Mercer just made a great pass over to Nico Gisher. He was able to knock it in on a, you know, just tapping it in as the puck came to him. He scored, got his 10th goal of the year, goals in back-to-back games form, and it gives the devils a three-to-one lead. But the devils onslaught, that's when things really got going. Yes, literally I just talked about him, got himself a goal. Big time goal made it four to one. Michael McLeod got his second of the game. It made it five to one. And that's where it was after two periods. Um, So it was a really weird feeling because, you know, it's been, it hasn't been that long, but it's been a while since the Devils have had a game where you feel really good going into the third period. And you feel like barring some crazy collapse, which the Devils have done before, unfortunately, but barring some crazy collapse, the Devils were probably going to find a way to win this game. And they would, Score two more times in the third period to make sure that they were definitely winning this game. Pavel Zaka got a goal, his 12th of the year, and Tomas Tatar broke a goalless streak as well in his return to Montreal, getting his ninth of the year. And that would be the and that would be the final score as the Devils with a blowout victory in Montreal, winning seven to one. Now, look, we all understand it. Montreal is not good. Montreal is terrible. That's why they have eight wins at this point in the season. And so at least in a funny way, as speaking from a devil's perspective, we can at least say, yeah, we're bad, but at least we're not that bad. I mean, we're not that bad. Can you imagine what we would be feeling right now if we ended up losing that game on Tuesday against Montreal? Like, I I don't know how any of us would have been able to react other than just being continuously um, embarrassed. Um, Ryan Graves got the third star of the game. Michael McLeod got the second, which I thought was interesting, but Dawson Mercer got the first star. It's great to see that Dawson Mercer is starting to get his game back a little bit. You know, obviously we're hoping, just like with everybody else, that we're not in a position where, you know, guys are forgetting how to play hockey and things like that, because we've talked about it before, guys, with why I think, you know, these things are happening, Left this, that, and the other thing. Um, but you know what's also great is that with... Nico Heischer and Dawson Mercer getting goals in that game, they become the fifth and sixth uh, different, pl- uh, different double to reach 10-plus goals. So now we have Jesper Bratt with 14, Jack Hughes with 12, Zaka with 12, Andreas Janssen with 11, and then both Nico and Dawson Mercer, both with 10. And Nate Bashan and Tomas Tatar are the next two closest devils, as they both need one more. They have nine. Um, and so, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good that, you know, we're probably going to have a lot more guys who score 10 or more goals this season than we did last year. I don't want to try to sit there and try to make it seem like that Lindy Ruff and the coaching staff is the reason for that, because, you know, that might give people an excuse to say, well, then maybe we can keep them, blah, blah. It's like, no, we, we are guys. We know what the deal is. We know what needs to be done. We know this, that and the other thing. Um, but it's just good to see guys getting going and everything like that. By the way, I saw a really stupid rumor, and it was really stupid. And it was from just some random dude. I think I saw on on Instagram or something. It was some reporter. I don't remember who. Uh, that said that apparently the Canadians called the Devils and actually offered them Cole Caulfield and a first round pick for Nico Heischer. That is dumb. Is dumb it's very dumb for both sides. And I'll tell you why from the devil's perspective, I mean, it's very, very obvious. You signed Nico Giescher long-term he's your captain. So why would you move on from him that quickly? I understand he's never gotten back to the point level that he did in his rookie year, but he's still a very, very productive NHL player. So I just, I just don't see why you would do that. I mean, If you made a move like that, I feel like that would just continuously say, "Okay, the Devils are really not serious about winning because I haven't said that would be that. The thing about Cole Caulfield is this. Well, yeah, he's been the butt of a lot of jokes this year because he has had a very, very rough rookie slash sophomore season. He's still a young player and he's one of those guys like like we've seen with Nico and like we've seen with Jack Hughes that just take more time to develop. And you can't give up on somebody that quickly who we all know has a tremendous goal scoring ability. And then you're also giving up a first round pick you're rebuilding. Why on earth would you want to give the devils another first round pick? First of all, we don't need it. You know, we got, we got plenty of picks, you know, to go around. We, we don't need to add another first round pick. It just, bottom line is simply that it would be stupid for the Canadians to give up on Cole Caulfield like that. And to give a first round pick, and for the devils to give up their captain and a guy that still can very well be a major contributor to this team long term so i just wanted to i just wanted to say that so so there's that but um yeah like i said at the end of the day it was nice to get a win um it didn't feel as good as i was hoping it would cuz i remember watching the game i didn't react as happy and excited as i normally would and i think it's just mainly because of You know, we know where the season is and things like that. And we have such low expectations a lot of the time nowadays as fans that when the team wins, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's not more like, yay, they won. It's like, thank you that you know how to win a hockey game, so to speak. Um, But at the end of the day, it's still nice to just be able to win, get off that losing streak. Let's not think about it. And let's try to move forward from there. And I can only speak for myself and say this. At the end of the day, I just want to see this team show progression. I want these guys on – I want the players on this team and the coaching staff to show progression, to to finish the season on a high note because I could care less where the Devils finish with this draft pick. Like, some people might care. I don't. I would prefer the Devils win the rest of their games and finish, like, 17 because then that would make me feel like, okay – we show promise and there's still a hint. There's still many games to go here with plenty of time to continue to improve on things. Um, But we also have to be realistic with where the team is and how much, you know, how many maiden guys are out and things that and the other thing. And uh, you know, we don't know how things are going to go against St. Louis on Thursday, but all we can do is just kind of take it game by game and just continue to cheer on our team as best as we can. Um, with that win, and also if you add in the loss to Ottawa, the devils are currently 16, 26, and 5. So there's that. And the next game, like I mentioned, is against the Blues. They're currently 26, 13, and 5. And that game will be in St. Louis. So that will be a that'll be another tough matchup. That'll be another difficult one, one where I'm sure a lot of people would expect us to lose. Um, but again. As I've said before, and I'll say again, hockey is a magical, unpredictable sport. You don't know what's going to happen. And uh, the only thing we can hope for is that um, the team continues to show fight. Now, the last thing that I wanted to quickly talk about really quick before um, I end this episode is two things. One, someone following the Devils, one, not at all. The first one was that uh, on Wednesday afternoon, we got word that the Montreal Canadiens actually fired uh, head coach Ducharme, um, and he was no longer the head coach. So in kind of a funny way, the Devils blowing out the Canadians at home kind of took the Canadians over the edge to finally, finally firing Ducharme after what has been an absolutely abysmal year. But then like an hour later... Uh, via Kevin Weeks, because Kevin Weeks somehow gets this information quicker than most, he told us, and we got word, we got confirmation afterwards, that the Montreal Canadiens have hired Martin St. Louis, the former Tampa Bay Lightning great and also former New York Ranger for a little while, as the next head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. I have no idea where that came from. What are the reasons behind it? I'm sure on Thursday or Friday. Montreal will um, will give us more context. Um, Montreal's next game is actually on Thursday. They're at home when they take on the Washington Capitals. So you will immediately see a new coach behind the bench. But Martin St. Louis, as far as I know, doesn't have any coaching experience. I don't know exactly what they're trying to pull here. I hope it's not a publicity thing. Um, I thought that they hired him as an intern, which is fine if you hire him as an intern, because then you could go... All right, if it doesn't work out, then we could just get somebody. But it's not like to me that they just hired him straight up as the head coach. So for a team that's rebuilding, you're getting a coach that's a first-time head coach. And as a Devils fan, we can speak about what that feels like because John Hines, when he was brought in to New Jersey to be the Devils head coach, he would never been an NHL head coach. Granted, he had been a coach before. He had just never been a head coach in the National Hockey League. So there's that. Uh, but this is a little bit different. Um... I mean, it, it, I guess it's kind of cool to have a big name like that, uh, but still, we'll see what happens with that. But I think it's just kind of funny how the Devils blowing out the Canadians was the thing that kind of put them over. So it's you could you could say in a funny way, like, oh, the Devils, uh, you know, forced Montreal to fire their head coach. It's kind of a funny thing. The other thing that I wanted to quickly bring up was that we also got word on Wednesday that Tuukka has officially announced his retirement from the national hockey league after 15 seasons. Um, you know, I, we talked about it before, you know, when we talked about the episode about, you know, fantasy type, you know, maybe guys we could try to bring in to be a goalie for at some point this season, we mentioned Tuka uh, but we all knew that Tuka was Boston or nobody. He came back, he played like two or three games, one, one, but, he really struggled after that. There was even talks of him getting sent down to Providence, their AHL team, to do, con- do some conditioning. But then we got word on Tuesday that uh, it was very likely that Tuca was going to just decide to hang it up, that he didn't feel like he could get back to full strength, and that the injury he suffered last year was just too much for him to come back. And uh, that ended up being the case, as he announced um, earlier today, that he will be that he has retired from the National Hockey League. And um, I will say, you know, when I when I think about Tuka Rask, one of the best goaltenders of this past generation, a guy that he won a Stanley Cup. Granted, he was a backup, but he won a Stanley Cup. He he led the the Bruins to two other Stanley Cup finals appearances. Um, he will go down as one of the most beloved Boston Bruins of all time. I mean, I know so many people and that love, absolutely love. Tuukka Rask. I mean, I think about Shannon Hogan, of Slapshot Sweethearts, big-time Boston Bruins fan. Absolutely loves Tuukka Rask. I'm sure it's been a tough day for her to hear this news. Uh, A guest of the podcast, Kanye Asu Blood. um, You know the artist that we had on way, way, way back in the beginning, uh, who lives in uh, Switzerland. She is a massive, massive Tuukka Rask fan. So I'm sure she is very sad today to find out that news. Um that's just the name of that's just the name too but I know that there's several others out there balcony chatter which covers the Boston Bruins it's a sad day it's a sad day in the game of hockey it's a sad day for the Boston Bruins and I will say this it's a sad way for Tucaras to end his career it's kind of like with Henrik Lundqvist as well where you know he had to hang it up because of injuries and it's unfortunate that Tucaras could never win a Stanley Cup while being the starting goaltender like I said he does have at least the fact that he has a Stanley cup and, you know, he has a ring and things like that, but uh, I'm sure that he would have loved to have been able to win a Stanley cup as a starting goaltender. I think that would have very much validated him as one of the best Bruins goaltenders of all time. I still think he very much is. Do I think he's a hall of famer? I think that's up to other people to debate. Not necessarily me. I think personally, he probably should get in there because he's just part of that generation of the past of just some great goaltenders. And I think that he belongs in there, but, um, yeah it sucks that tukarask had to end his career this way but sometimes father time just catches up to up catches up to us and we have to end our careers uh, before we can before we get to end it on our own terms but uh i wanted to say congratulations to tukarask on a phenomenal phenomenal nhl career and uh, we wish him all the best here at the devil state of mind podcast and the new jersey devils fan base we wish him nothing but the best in his retirement.